1: Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses go to be next. Home to a highly skilled,
0: diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. Moco will help transform your business. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how we can help you be next. You're listening to the Fantracks Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainments lives here. Welcome to the Fantrax Prospect Toolshed. If you love prospects, you came to the right place, as that's what this show is all about, covering all levels of the minors to help give you an advantage in your dynasty leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. All right, prospect fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode five of the Fantrax Prospect Toolshed with Clegg and Cross, the prospect show where Northeast meets Southeast, where Maine meets Georgia, and joining me as always in the Toolshed is my esteemed co-host from Fantrax HQ, Mr. Chris
1: Clegg. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Eric. What's up, man? I'm doing good. Just back again. We had a fun AMA yesterday, and then back to talk some more prospects. Prospects all the time, you know? Nothing wrong with that.
0: Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, that was a that was a fun AMA. Um, for those of you who missed it, go out and check it out. It's, it's pinned on our uh, pod show podcast uh, Twitter page right there, so you can go back and check it out. It was about an hour, long, a little over an hour. Got through a ton of great questions. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We'll probably do those probably once a month. Uh, it was really fun, so we'll definitely keep doing those periodically throughout the off season. And uh, yeah, and tonight we got another great show for you here in episode five. Before we get into that, a little bit of housekeeping. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at EricCross04. Chris is at Clegg, And, of course, this show is at FantraxToolShit. Please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on your preferred podcasting platform. And make sure to check out all the other great podcasts we have on Fantrax HQ. Including my other show, the 5-Tool Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We have Triple Play Podcast, On Campus, Kick Around, Fantasy Hockey Life, and the IDP Fantasy Football Podcast. A lot of great podcasts there. and uh, Chris and I have a lot of content coming out as usual. Um, uh, as I mentioned, go back and check out the AMA we did yesterday, or on technically on Saturday when you hear this episode. Um, and I will have an article correlating to this podcast tonight, which will be out on Monday as well. Chris on Monday has his Fernando Tatis Jr. article out. And then on Tuesday, he'll also have an article looking back at um, some pitchers' last 34 starts. So a lot of good stuff there, a lot of good stuff on Fantrax HQ every day for baseball and all the other sports as well. So make sure you check that site out. And now we're going to get into the show here. Very exciting show. We're going to look a little bit into the future here tonight and, you know, look at 2023 or or at least two years in the future. If if you want to call this mid to late 2022, whatever. But we're going to project the top 25 prospects right around two years from now. Basically get the next two draft classes in. That was the main objective there. So if you want to call it spring 2023, late 2022, whatever, just two years from now, uh, we'll go to we'll a top 25 here, but we're going to go backwards. We're going to go 25 to one, build up a little bit of suspense. I always love doing that. I don't. I hate starting off with number one in on these types of things, I like going 25 to one. Uh, so, so we'll start out there. And we, we actually had a tie for 25. So I should give you 26. Um, and starting out with Chris here, talking about one of the two guys that tied at 25.
1: Yeah, so the first first guy that uh, I had, we've talked about actually in our first year player draft uh, podcast is Nick Bitsko. Now, this is a guy that we just found out is going to have sh- shoulder surgery, which is a little bit discouraging. The reports from what I've read are, are positive, though. I, I don't think it's going to be like a long term thing. And again, we're looking at 2023. Like this is a long way out, which, again, makes this task really hard. I struggled with it. I changed guys rankings a lot. But it was a lot of fun. It it really challenged me to look into guys that I may have not looked into as as much in depth as I would have. So it was a good time. But Bisco, I talked about him a little bit. He reclassified. He was originally 2021 class, but reclassified for this year. Um, He's just turned 18 years old. Very polished for a high school guy. He's got a 60-grade fastball, 60-grade Curve and he's already exhibiting above average to plus command. And he's featuring that change up also. That I think, if he develops that change, could be a really good pitch. The fastball was already up to 96 and 97. Again, it's 17 years old. That's pretty powerful, man. So he can get up that high. The curveball's got a lot of shape to it, gets a ton of swing and misses with that. And I think that the system that he's in is perfect for him. I was thrilled when the Rays got him. I was really hoping he'd fall to the Braves. Obviously, he's a Braves fan, but being in the Rays organization that just develops pitchers is a huge win for Bitsco. Again, hard to project so far out, but I could really see him rising the ranks and be, being one of the best pitching prospects down the road. So, Bitsko was our tie at 25, and we'll turn it back to you with, with your guy who was your 25th overall.
0: Yeah, I love Bitsko. He's another guy I hope the which the Red Sox would have drafted, but they'll pass on him as well as Pete Carl Armstrong and many other guys that were probably better than Nick York. But that's another subject for another day. The other 25th guy here, Tamar Johnson, you know, some of you might not know this name quite yet, but you're gonna, don't worry, you are going to know this name. He's one of the top prospects in the 2022 draft class. You know, Elijah Green, who, yeah, we'll probably get to in a little bit here um, is like the number one dude right now in that class. But Tamar Johnson is right there in that kind of that next group of players um, after Elijah Green. You know, right now he's predicted to be a top five overall pick in that range. a 5'10", 175 shortstop, still plenty of projection on that frame. He's got an advanced feel for hitting for someone his age, uh, really can control the barrel well, pretty good strike zone awareness as well. And then obviously you got to love, you know, potential plus power and above average to plus speed there. Uh, One of the uh, recent – perfect game uh, event showcases. Uh, I think it was like, maybe this one was two months ago. I can't remember exactly when it was, Um, but he had a 95th percentile sprint speed um, in the the 60 time, I should say, um, at that event and 96th percentile exit velocity. So he was showcasing, you know, his ability to hit the ball really hard and run really fast. So that's a great mix right there from someone that's still only, you know, 17 years old um, will be actually thinks only 16 still um, 2022 draftee. So uh, still plenty of time to, you know, get better Add some bulk to that frame. I say, I doubt he ends at 5'10", 175, maybe adds a couple inches, 15 to 20 pounds of bulk. Uh, this will be a very, very enticing shortstop. Uh, and, and he has the ability, the defensive skills to remain at shortstop as well. So um, let's see who, what system he gets into. That'll be pretty interesting. There's so much projection here, both with the frame, with the power. You know, Even if he bulks up and, and loses a little bit of that speed, this 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 guy is so so very athletic that he'll probably still be at least a you know above average runner down the road so we could be looking at a you know above average to plus hit tool plus power above average speed you know like I said with those defensive skills to stick at shortstop long term which everyone loves to see you know just get ready for this hype train and pick up steam you know as as the draft gets closer the 2022 draft because you know this is a very very talented middle infielder that should be a great power speed asset going through the system, so um, I'm very excited for him. So we'll see we'll see where he falls in 2022 draft.
1: Yep, yeah, that's a a name that you guys definitely need to watch out for. That will be on the rise soon. Going back to another young guy who just turned 18, he was a Oakland A's international signing in 2019. Was the number two international guy behind the Martian Jason Dominguez, and we're talking about uh, Robert Poisson. Now Poisson is yet to debut. We've yet to see him play stateside, which is discouraging. Like I really want to see him play. He's got a very projectable frame that I think he can grow into listed at 6'3", 165. So you'd really like to see him add some weight to that frame and potentially grow into the power. Um, He's got a solid hit tool already. The speed is probably his best asset. Obviously great in the field too, but for fantasy purposes, we're looking at a guy that could steal you 30 bags, potentially chip in 15 to 20 home runs. Again, if he adds the bulk on the frame, I think there could be more power. I mean, he's Like I said, he's very lean and wiry right now, but should add strength to that frame that he's got. Got a very smooth swing from both sides of the plate, barrels the ball consistently, and he hits a lot of line drives, which I think is encouraging. He hits the line drives to all parts of the field. So I think you're looking at a guy who has a floor of like 15 home runs, but definitely could grow into more with – a lot, a lot of speed. Hard to project him right now, but he's got the tools to be a top 25 prospect. Young, want to see him stateside, but he's a guy to watch out for in 2021. And he could be a very fast riser as people get their eyes on him. So Robert Poisson is number 24 for us on this list.
0: I really like Poisson and I love that you use the word wiry because remember any, anytime I hear that word, did you ever watch the, the replacements with Keanu Reeves? Yes. <laughs> I remember, remember that that like I think it was Irish kicker. He's just like wiry, wiry. I just sur- <laughs> I, I just think of that part. Every time I hear the word wiry is that's that scene where he's just trying to get the get get back the offensive coordinator to say it right. Right. Um, that's a great movie. I gotta watch that again soon. Um yeah, at twenty-three we go to a guy I call the poor man's Jared Kalenic, and that's Pete Crow Armstrong, um, from the t- a 2020 draftee That, as I mentioned many times before, I think he can be close to what Kalenic is, but in both the hit tool and speed, but not quite there power wise. You know, you're looking at a guy that's probably he's definitely got plus speed. You know, play center field. Pretty well, got good range out there, plus speed on the bases. I think he can stick out there, very athletic. But the power is right now it's below average. You know, Clinic's pl- uh, plus power guy, Pete is below average power. I don't know if he ever gets the plus. I don't think so. I don't think he has the he has a little bit of projection on, on his frame, but not like a ton. I think he does add a little bit of bulk here, but I think we're looking at best case scenario probably around average power. But that's never gonna be you know a big part of his game. Maybe he sells in as like a Fifteen, the twenty homer type at peak, but you know the reason why you're going to want him is for what he can do. You know, with the in the average and on base departments, you know, he's shown a very advanced eye. I'm not sure if he'll have a super high walk rate, but um, definitely a guy that can hit for a pretty solid average. You know, bat the ball skills are close to plus, as I mentioned. He can use the entire field. You know, very mechanically sound swing, quick hands, um, direct path through the zone. Um, that bat head stays at the zone a long time, and he can really whip it around. So. Um, really like what he can do with the bat here. More of a line drive, gap to gap <clears throat> type of hitter. But yeah, like I said, one that can hit for a pretty high average, which should correlate to a pretty solid OBP as well. And he looks like a number two hitter to me. He really does. Guy that can you know get on base, you know, make good contact, a little bit of pop, you know, plus speed. Probably kind of like a twenty five steel guy. Maybe you know, maybe he gets up in the thirties a little bit. You know, some seasons up in there, but probably guy that settles in like the mid to upper twenties uh, for steals. Uh, some of that you know Mets fans should be very, very excited about. Uh, it was their first overall pick, 19th overall in 2020. You know, a few years away, obviously, he was a high school bat. Um, still only 18 or now will be 19 in March. It's uh, so probably ETA. We're looking at eh, 2023 or so. Um, but I think he's one that could, just because he can do a little bit of everything. And if the power develops a little bit, I think you're really going to see his stock take off. So um, definitely love Pete Kromstein long term. He, he checks in here
1: at number 20, uh, 23 could you see him like a you you mentioned like a number 2 hitter mold like i was thinking about like a Ozzy Albies type hits for good average maybe i think he steals more bases than Albies but is that like a reasonable comp yeah
0: i think like so stats yeah maybe wise? a little a little more speed a little less pop um even though Albies doesn't you know but Albies is one of those guys that he doesn't look like he should have as much power as he does so yeah, you know, maybe Pete rom trying to develop one of those types but yeah, that's a pretty solid
1: you know, best case scenario, I think Ozzie Albies will be a great outcome for him, obviously. Yeah. yeah, I like that. So let's go ahead and transition to our next guy at number 22. He is yet to be drafted. He's in the, this next 2021 draft class, and that is Jack Leiter from Vanderbilt. Um, Leiter is kind of gets mixed reviews from a lot of reports, but he's a guy that has the potential to have four above average offerings or better. Which is hard to come by. He has great feel for all of those pitches, which is very encouraging sign. Um, he throws them all very well. He commands them very well. He has really nice mechanics and a lot of pitchability that he's very polished for his age, which I like a lot. Um, his fastball is not overpowering. Like you see, you're going to see a lot of comparisons coming up with him and Kumar Rocker, who's a guy that we will talk about in a little bit. Now, Rocker is going to overpower you a lot of times. You're not going to see that as often from, from lighter. I mean, his fastball primarily sits like 91 to 93. It did get up to 96 in 2020, but that was only one time. It is going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously we didn't get much of a college season last year. I think he threw like 15 innings or something like that. So we didn't get to see a ton from him last season. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed. We have a normal college season and we get to see more of them because I think, It'll, it's, it's really going to factor in when we look at what kind of um velocity he has. Like, can the velocity be up in the, the mid-90s? If he's hitting 90-90 pretty regular, that is huge for him because his curveball is solid. The changeup is is really good. The slider's good. He's got, like I said, four potential above-average offerings that really could make him a solid pitcher. I don't see him ever being like super elite, but when I think about his offerings, I think about Zach Gallon, who throws four pitches extremely well, similarly to to Lighter, and the command. The command is really good. Gallon knows how to command his pitches well. That may be a stretch of a comp, but I like Lighter a lot. I think you're likely going to see him most likely be a top five pick this year unless something drastic happens in the spring. But we'll see. How that all folds out, but I I like Jack Leiter a lot. I think Eric had him just outside the top twenty-five. I right had him right around twenty, so we averaged out at twenty-two overall. Let's uh, move to twenty-one, which is a guy that we both like a lot. Could be a big riser this year. Who's that guy for you?
0: Yeah, you know this guy outside of you know Dominguez is probably the one that's garnered the most buzz and most hype from the twenty nineteen J two class. That's Hedbert Perez. Again, we, we talked about a little bit a couple weeks ago. Um, one of the lone bright spots in this Brewers organization, a, one that could be an, an absolute stud. You know, like I mentioned, you know, he's very, very toolsy with a ton of projection. Like, toolsy and projection are two words that go very well together. You you'd like seeing those for any prospect, and Hedbert Perez fits that mold to a freaking T. He, he has the potential to really develop into an outfielder that projects above average to plus or better across the board offensively. Now, sucks, you know, COVID, you know, canceling the twenty twenty minor league season, you know, kinda of robbed us of the debut of a lot of these guys we're gonna talk about tonight. You know, a lot of twenty nineteen draftees, twenty nineteen international guys. Really was looking forward to see, you know, Hedbert and Jason and all them, you know, get into the Dominican League or whatever. Um, and really get their first taste of professional action in the States. But you know, we'll have to wait until twenty twenty one for that. Um, but Hedbert is one to really look out for. Um, I just really would love my phone to stop autocorrecting it to Herbert, which it does every single freaking time. Um, that'd be great. I, mean, I got to train my phone a little better here. Um, but Perez is one he really, really stood out at Fall Instructs this year, and you heard from more than a couple people that said he did not look like a 17 year old that was getting like his first taste of professional baseball life in the United States. Really, really strong athletic frame. Um, has shown a re- really good feel for feel for the barrel already. Good feel for hitting uh, can use the entire field can drive the ball to the entire field. Like that power plays to all fields. um, Not just as pull side, as you see with a lot of young players, his age, you know, we, we could be looking at, you know, a, a f- above average hit tool plus power, plus speed. You know, this is a guy that like, legit, you know, we're, we're dreaming now, because as I mentioned, he hasn't, he hasn't even taken a single swing in a professional game yet, but, he could be a twenty-five twenty-five type. If we're really dreaming here, looking at the ceiling and you know his upside, twenty-five twenty-five is in within the realm of possibilities for Hedbert Perez. Now, obviously, he's still very raw, a lot to work on the plate. you know. Far from a finished product. As as toolsy and as exciting as he is, you know, all around with his power, his speed, you know, this is still you know, one that is gonna be four or five years out from you know, helping out with in Milwaukee. But All the building blocks are here. All the pieces are here for Perez to really, really flourish, really break out, rise. He's already rising up prospect rankings. I already have him inside my top 100 in the back end, I think right around 90 or so. And that number is only going to get better as he wants to get in the game action and start showing off those tools in game. So Hedbert Perez is one definitely to be excited about here and one to get in on now before his price continues to skyrocket in dynasty
1: leagues, but that'll take us to number 20. Number 20, the Reds first round pick this season. Number 12 overall is Austin Hendrick. Uh, Hendrick has a big raw power and from the left side of the plate. And that's going to play extremely well in Cincinnati, which is exciting. There was a video of him earlier this fall, a couple a couple weeks ago in instructs where he just absolutely tanked one off Ethan Hankins and, a game they were having. And he just looks like a monster already. Uh, The hit tool is is right around average right now, which could probably use some development, but the raw power plus the run, he's an above average runner as well. So we can just dream again on the tools with Hendrick. And I think he's going to really blow up. I mean, he's already in a lot of people's top 50 right now. And only the ability to to grow as guys uh, graduate off the list. And as he develops, I mean, again, he's, was a high school guy. He's 19 years old. So this year will be a big developmental year for him. And I'm really excited to see because he has just really shown off on big stages. Like each of the last two summers in high school ball, the hands are incredibly quick. He's got very good bat speed, um, gets a lot of loft to it and just generates that that natural, easy, big power, man. So the concern ultimately is that there's a lot of swing and miss in the game, but I think that that could come around. Overall, a good athlete. I think that he's going to continue to develop, and that obviously plays well for him. I mean, he's going to profile probably as a right fielder. He fits well there. And I think that, that Hendrick's only going to continue to rise and get even better and just exhibiting that raw power that he has.
0: Yeah, I really like Hendrick a lot. Love that power. You know, you, you've seen some of the Bryce Harper comparisons, which I'm not quite buying into yet, but. Definitely love that power at that ballpark. He was in my top 25 as well. And I'm moving over to number 19. Uh, I'm still waiting to talk about a guy that's actually taken it at a bat in the minor league game, but I guess I'll wait for a couple more players here. But um, going to the 2021 draft class with Jordan Lawler. Um short shortstop by the Jesuit prep high school in Oregon, which is, I believe is the same school that Mick Bell came from, if I recall correctly. Um, when it comes to 2021 draft class, you know, the, There's not one guy that has separated himself head and shoulders from that draft class, like in 2020 with Torkelson. Um, This is a bunch of, you know, we get the two pitchers with Leiter and Rocker. You know, we have a couple outfielders, you know, obviously led by Judd Fabian. And then when the infielders, really Lawler, Marcelo Mayer, and Brady House, along with Alex Benalas, kind of the top infielders for this draft class. But for fancy purposes, I like Lawler the most. He's a little old for a uh, high school draftee. He's already 19 years old. You know, but the offensive upside here is very considerable. Uh, was one of the, he's one of the best hitters in this draft class period. Like regardless, high school, college, it doesn't matter. Uh, very very advanced hitter for his age. Uh, great feel for the barrel. Great feel for the strike zone. Um, really doesn't look overmatched up there at all. Um, so I think you could uh, you could project a you know above average to plus hit tool there. You know and the power and speed are at least. You now above average. You know, power plays a little bit more than the speed right now. i say he's probably, you know, plus raw power, speeds around, you know, above average. Um, obviously, you know, he's probably going to fill out and maybe lose a little bit of that speed, but there's enough athleticism there that I think he stays bare minimum looking at an average runner, probably above average. And I think he can stick at shortstop as well. Um, this is the type of offensive, you know, tools and the frame predictability to dream on. Uh, I think this is going to be, you know, Looking, you know, again, looking ceiling here, which is what we're doing for a lot of these guys. Is, you know, dreaming on the ceiling and on the upside. You know, Laura could be an All-Star caliber shortstop at the highest level. He really could. With the offensive skill is defensively, he's pretty solid as well. You know, he's got a lot of projection on his frame. So I really, really think that you know, there's a good chance he develops into like a 25 home run, 15 steal type with a pretty solid average and MVP as well. Um so probably, he's probably going to the top five and you know once he does get ready for him to he's probably gonna debut at a very high ranking on a lot of lists and probably be, you know, if things go according to plan a top twenty-five prospect within the next you know year and a half or so. So definitely look out for Jordan Lawler here.
1: Yeah, that's a solid pick. He's a guy that a lot of people are gonna love come draft time. The more we see him, he's he's got a potential stud written all over him. Next guy on the list is George Valera, who I think some people soured on a little bit after 2019. He kind of had a, a rough stint in A ball, um, where he in low A hit 236, eight home runs, six steals. So the those the home run and stole, stolen bases were nice, but the batting average just wasn't there. Ultimately, though, and he exhibits really good plate discipline. He walks the high clip. He's still obviously pretty raw and developing. But I think the hit tool eventually gets to average. Like I could see him hitting like 260. The game power still developing, but, man, he's got plus raw power, no doubt. So if he develops how how we expect, he could really be a high-end player. And I I do think the steals are going to taper off a little bit. Like the speed isn't likely to stick long-term. He's still young, and he's still developing in his frame right now I listed at 5'10", 160. So he's still got some projection. He could bulk that frame a little bit, and really tap in the power, but he would probably take a hit in speed. But 30 home run pop is definitely in the cards. And, again, I think the hit tool develops. People have soured, but I would encourage you to buy George Valera right now at Dynasty because the price is lowered, and he's a guy who could really take off in 2021 this year. I mean, he he's just turned 20 years old. So there's a lot to like, a lot of development time to still be had. So buy George Valera. I'm encouraging you to do that right now. Go out and get him. I
0: second that. Definitely go out and get George Valera. And now I finally get to talk about my first guy that has some game action in the minor leagues here at number 17 with Luis Matos of the San Francisco Giants. Um, the Giants have a lot, a lot of their top guys, the intriguing guys, are all on the offensive side of the ball. They get a couple other pitchers that are exciting, like Seth Corey. But most of the most of their talent is on the offensive side of the ball. And outside of Luciano, you could probably argue that Matos might have the highest upside for fantasy purposes. What why you're going to love Matos on your fantasy team is you know both the hit tool and the speed. I would be okay putting plus tools, uh, plus future values on those tools. You know, and those tools he flashed those early and often. Um, in his 2019 professional debut, in 60 games between the Dominican Summer League and the Arizona League, mo- mostly of that, more of that was in the uh, DSL. I think like 54 out of those 60 games, slash so 367, 438, 566, with 21 steals. Um, and he also added seven home runs and 24 doubles as well. So that's the beautiful thing about Luis Matos. Like, you know, the hit tool and the speed are there, they're very, very robust. But the power, there's potential for more power as well. You know, He's got very quick hands. He's got a really strong frame with a little, some projection left on that as well. But still, he, he's got great bat speed, uh, keeps his hands in, and really whips that bat head through the zone. Um, so I think you know, he gets a little more loft. He's more, kind of more of a line drive hitter right now. Um, but you saw he had an absolute tank uh, in Strux uh, a few weeks back. Um, that was on Twitter from, from the San Francisco Giants prospect page. He uh, had absolute tank. I think it was like one twelve x exit velocity or something. It was over 100. I really got a hold of it. So, you know, that power is there. So I think is if the power continues to blossom, I think it, it could be at least average, maybe above average draw power, be like a 15 to 20 homer type to go with a high average um, and 25, 30 steals as well. So it's a great all-around package um, and one that's already shooting at prospect rankings and probably will, will continue to do so. Uh, here over the next year or two. So definitely a, a great buy right now. Um don't wait too long. <laughs> like Chris kind of mentioned with the last one, don't wait too long because you know if you wait another year or so you're probably not gonna get Matos at a great price. Cause he's gonna be probably top fifty pushing top twenty five if everything continues. So um very, very excited about Luis Matos.
1: Yeah, he's gonna skyrocket this year. I'm stoked to watch him he's got big raw tools like you mentioned, but I think mean, flip to a guy that feels a little like safer floor here, which is interesting. Like we're dreaming on upside with these guys, but Alec Thomas is a guy that I think just has a really good all-around floor. Kind of mentioned that with uh Pete Crow Armstrong a little bit. Similar profiles, honestly. I mean, Alec Thomas is potential plus hit. He's probably average power, but then plus speed as well. So you can just dream on that Arizona outfield that could be just deadly in several years, man. Once these guys get up, we're gonna talk about another one down the list a little bit, but Thomas has been very impressive in his time in the minors. Again, he's still a young guy, just 20 years old, kind of dreaming on that upside from the left side of the plate. I think he could provide a lot. I mean, he high OBP guy, solid batting average. I'm just impressed with everything I've seen. Very good plate discipline. Strikes out at a low clip. Mentioned the walk rate being solid. He's exhibited good power. I mentioned about average power. But he's, I think he's looking at like a 2020 type guy mm-hmm. with good batting average. Like he could hit 300 potentially if he, if all develops right. So you're looking at a 300 hitter that could give you 15 to 20 home runs and 20 to 25 stolen bases, which is extremely valuable in today's landscape. And even though it's not like the crazy upside of some of these guys, it just feels safe. And so Thomas is a very valuable guy. He may be fine under the radar because he's just, I don't know. He, he's not the flashy name in the pan, but Thomas is just a guy that I think is going to produce and it feels like a safe bet to produce. So again, these are guys I think you should buy now. Like we've mentioned the last three guys, Thomas, like Thomas's value may drop because he's never, he's not just going to be flashy, but he could give you enough to really contribute and be a solid piece. I think
0: he's my boy. I love Alec Thomas. I've been, you know, me and a uh, Chris Welsh have really been battling for the, the title of, you know, top Alec Thomas fan, the highest ranker. Um, I think we might have another one here with you, Chris, joining our uh, little fan club here. Um, Going to number 15, uh, my first pitcher I'm talking about here tonight, Chris alluded to him earlier, Jack Leiter's teammate at Vanderbilt, Kumar Rocker. First off, great name, 80-grade name, got to love it. People are going to have a lot of fun making fantasy team names with, with using this name if you have him on your team down the road. You know, he's really the odds on favorite to go number one overall in the 2021 draft. A lot of mock drafts have him going number one overall um, to Pittsburgh. But, you know, that's not, that's not a, like I said, not a foregone conclusion like it was with Torque this year. But he has all the makings of a frontline starter. First off, he's a beast. Like, he's 6'5, 250. Like, is he a pitcher or a, you know, defensive end or outside linebacker, NBA power forward or something like that? Dude, but he's not like, he's not Bartolo Cologne. Like, (laughs) Um, I love clone. I hate using him as an example. But, you know, Kumar Rucker is very, very in shape, very buff, very strong frame. You know, this is a guy that he could be a 200-inning guy. Like, he's got the, you know, the body to be a workhorse, innings eater, but the the upside and the stuff to be an ace, which you you got to love. And he's got a really smooth delivery, too. Very low effort. You know, he's one of those like the easy gas deliveries where it doesn't look like he's about to pump in 96 on you, but he does. That's where he sits in you know, the mid-90s, can touch 98, 99 or so at times just because of his arm speed, which generates a lot of that electric velocity. But then outside of that, his slider, holy crap, his slider is ridiculous. This is a double-plus slider, mid-80s, sharp break. Right now, this is one of the best sliders in baseball right now at any level. doesn't matter, pros, minors, college, high school, I don't care. Old-timer league. This is one of the best sliders you're going to see in all baseball. This is so filthy. Go look a video of him if you want to watch that. You know, also mix in an above average to plus change-up, solid fading action, and an occasional French curveball, which he doesn't really use too much. But that fastball, plus fastball, double-plus slider, potential plus change-up combination, man. And he's got pretty solid command and control as well. Um, he's the entire package. So, like I said, we could be looking at a 200-inning guy, Two hundred fifty plus strikeout, kind of a like Garrett Cole type. If you're looking for the next Garrett Cole, Rocker could be it. So very, very, um, and, and very excited for him to debut once he gets in the dra- through the draft next year. So love,
1: love, love Kumar Rocker. Yeah, that's an exciting guy for sure. He's really going to take off. Hoping to get him on a lot of dynasty teams. Next guy is a guy that a lot of people are coming around on that I think the tools again are there to really take off, and that's Or Martinez. Martinez is a stud. He was he, he added to the Blue Jays 60-man earlier this year. He was just 18 this year. Just turned 19 several days ago. So happy late birthday there, or Elvis. Um, the hit tool still developing. Pretty pretty raw there. The, the power though, man, could be very legit. I Think you're looking at a guy who has potential plus power. Game powers still developing. But in the small sample that we did see of him in rookie ball, he hit seven home runs and just 163 plate appearances at 17 years old, which is impressive. Exhibited the ability to walk, patient plate approach, solid line drive and fly ball rates, which I like a lot. He's not going to provide you much speed, which is fine, because the hit tool, I think, develops enough and with the power to to really be a solid asset. And he's going to chip in a couple steals, I think, for you. So a very valuable piece there to an already loaded Blue Jays team, which will be interesting to see how it shakes out. Like where in the world is this guy going to play? Because they just have so much talent. I don't know where on the field he actually like fits. Obviously right now he's like a third base shortstop type of guy. But again, they're kind of set there. We'll see how all this develops long-term. But again, the bat's going to play. They're going to find somewhere to put him. Or Elvis Martinez, definitely a guy to watch out for to continue to rise in rankings. I think he'd be, be a big riser in 2021. So excited about that one as well.
0: Man, Toronto just has so much talent, especially in that infield. Like, where the hell are they all going to play? Um, but yeah, we, a little sneaky. We got one more Blue Jay here we'll talk about in a little bit, which I think actually might be Chris's next guy. He's talking about or two guys from now for Chris. But yeah, another Blue Jay on the, on the horizon here in these rankings. And that brings us to number thirteen. Another pitcher here, who I have said is probably m- my favorite pitching prospect in all of baseball already. I love this guy, Micah Bell. You've heard us gush about Micah Bell on this show plenty of times, and on our, you know, on our Twitter page for the show, you know, I, I put out a tweet that I deducted him as number one pitching prospect in 2022. So no shock that he is the number one pitching prospect on this list here at number thirteen overall. Uh, God, I just. <laughs> So much to like about Mick Bell. It's just it's hard to encapsulate it in you know 90 seconds, but I'll do my best. He has four pitches that project as above average, plus or better. He, big fastball, mid 90s. Maybe you might even see that end up in the upper 90s if he adds bulk to that six five frames. He's still got plenty of projection left. Still only 18 years old. Could be looking like a Verlander type that just sits high 90s all the time, touching triple digits. We could see that. You know, on top of that, you know, three really good secondary offerings, you know, curveball, slider, changeup, all project above average to plus. And, you know, as I mentioned many times, very, very good command and control for his age, you know, potentially to be above average to plus in both of those departments as well. You know, these types of arms, they don't come along very, very often. So uh, I'm expecting to make a bell to be talked about in, you know, a couple of years, like we're talking about Mackenzie Gordon now. He's that good and potentially be a frontline starter pairing with Aaron Nola, Spencer Howard, and that Phillies you know, rotation. That is a damn good looking one, two, three. 2 um, So th- there's no pitching prospect I'm more excited about right now than Micah Bell. So no surprise he's a number one pitcher
1: on our list here at number 13. Yeah, you know I love him as well. He's a stud in the making. So keep an eye on him. Get him everywhere in first-year player drafts. You will regret it if you don't. Transits to another guy yeah. who – i really love and that's eric Pena with the royals he put out a video the other day of a swing and oh I was just so Ooh. amazed at his swing watching it, yeah, just every aspect of it just screams easy raw power and that such good back control he's going to hit for good average and the swing is so smooth the hands get through the ball so well which for a 17 year old is quite quite impressive we haven't been able to see him obviously over here stateside. So that'll be a big, big move for him this year. See him in 2021, obviously in the minors, which is exciting. But looking at a guy that has already probably above average hit tool, just with that swing and the contact skills and the, the bat to ball, man, the way he gets his hands through so quick, looking at above average power as well. Like he's a guy I could see hitting like 280 with 30 home runs. And that's very valuable. He's not going to run a ton, but he has the athleticism to probably steal you like five to seven bags. You're not going to see him post like elite, like speeds or anything like that. His, his clock times aren't going to be great, but he, I think he's athletic enough. Like I mentioned to chip in some steals there, which would be encouraging. But man, when I saw that swing, I was just dreaming on the upside here. And we obviously like him a lot because he's our 12th overall guy for 2023. So He's probably going to take a big jump this year as we really get to see him over a full season here. So I'd expect him to take a big jump this year and then probably even bigger next year. But because again, just 17 years old and doing what we've seen him do. Very impressive, man. Love, love, love Eric Pena.
0: Yeah. That, that video definitely go check it out. If you haven't seen it already, because it is absolutely exciting. It's just him taking a swing, but it's just so beautiful as, as Chris has talked about. Yeah. Very, very exciting player for sure. Now we're going to go at number 11, a player that is almost the exact opposite of Eric Pena. It's kind of funny, a guy that has minimal power, ton of speed, great contact skills. and <clears throat> We're talking about the, the more flashy outfield prospect in the Arizona system, but not even the best outfield prospect in the system. But we're talking about Corbin Carroll here, number 11 overall. and One of the handful of guys that actually has some at-bats under his belt in the minor leagues. I right, played in the 31 games in the Arizona League and 11 games in the short season Northwest League with Hillsboro, uh combined the slash 299409487 with 18 total extra base hits, only 2 leaving the yard though, 18 steals in 19 attempts. You know, as I mentioned, the hit tool, the approach and the speed are why you want Corbin Carroll on your dynasty league teams. He's not big, he's 5'10, 165, a little bit of you know potential protection left in that frame, but not a ton. I don't see him either being, I think the cap for power wise is probably 15, but I do think you know he produces pretty solid exit velocities, can really drive the ball. So there is a chance he, you know, I think he does add some power, but like I said, probably more so in the 10 to 12 homer range. But if he does that, that'll just be the icing on the cake of this profile. This is the guy that's got to hit 280 or higher probably with these contact skills. Really, really smooth swing. Ton of bat speed. Quick hands. Uh, he looks in control of his at-bats up there. Doesn't get fooled often. great pitch recognition for someone his age. Um, doesn't strike out too much here. Only had uh, 41 strikeouts and 186 play appearances and walked 29 times. So really good eye here. Um, I think he could be a higher OBP guy. You know, I think he could probably be, with al Thomas hitting second, maybe Corbin Carroll leadoff, Christian Robinson hitting third. That's pretty damn good potential one, two, three down the road. Um, but, yeah, this guy could steal 35, 40 bases. He's that quick. Very smart base runner as well. As you can see, 18 steals and 18 attempts. Very high baseball IQ from Corbin Carroll. Um, this one that could you really be a huge, huge speed asset down the road. So a little bit different from Eric Pena or a lot different from Eric Pena but still very, very exciting overall. So I'm really, really looking forward to see what he can do in this next full season. But that is going to take us into our break here. We'll come back on the other side and get into our top 10, so don't go anywhere.
1: Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses
0: go to be next. Home to a highly skilled, diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. MoCo will help transform your business. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how we can help you be next. All right. Welcome back from the break here. Uh, I'm going to get into our top 10 here in a second, but just a quick recap of 25 through 11 or technically 26 to 11. We had a tie at 25 with Nick Biscoe and Tamar Johnson, 24, Robert Poisson, 23, Pete Crow Armstrong, 22, Jack Leiter, 21, Hedbert Perez, 20 was Austin Hendrick, 19, Jordan Lawler, 18, George Valera, 17, Luis Matos, 16, Alec Thomas, 15, Kumar Rocker, 14, Arovis Martinez, 13, Micah Bell, 12, Eric Pena, and 11, Corbin Carroll. And that brings us to our top 10. Chris, who do you got at 10?
1: Number 10, man. Another Toronto Blue Jay, like we there mentioned. There he is. Yep. Jordan Groshans. Man, he is very toolsy. He already showed off his hit tool in 2018 and 2019, man. He just hits the ball extremely well. He hit... 331 in 2018 in rookie ball 2019 single a he hit 337 obviously small samples but when you watch him and he just got great ability to hit the ball the power is still developing like you're looking at a guy that has plus raw power pretty easily and has solid speed as well only one stolen base for his career which is not to be discouraged because he's a good runner he could steal bags if he wants to i think the Another benefit is that his glove and arm both really play. So he's pretty well-rounded, and I think they're going to find a spot for him. Like I think you're looking at the future third baseman probably for the Blue Jays, maybe even sooner than later, potentially. Um, With Vlad moving over to first, it opens up a spot there for him. He could be a stud, man. I'm telling you, between all those assets that he has and the tools, looking at solid batting average, potential like 25 to 30 pop home runs, and then you've got – Good speed as well. If he chooses to run, he could be very, very valuable. So Groshans is a guy that I'm pretty stoked about, and I'm looking forward to really getting to see more this year as we see him move up the ranks of the minor leagues and even working his way to Toronto. We've got him listed for this 2023, but he could debut sooner. Who knows? If If they want to push him, he just turned 21, but I could see them making a push for him if they're contending. We'll see how that plays out.
0: Yeah, I, I could too. He's one I'm definitely looking forward to see. Hopefully you know, he gets some time in New Hampshire near near me, so I can get some live looks at him. But yeah, very, very potent bat. Uh, we move on to number nine here. And if we did this type of you know article or type of, excuse me, a podcast a year out, like 2024, this guy might be number one. He is that damn good. That's Elijah Green, uh, potential 2022 draftee. It was IMG Academy in Florida. I don't recall a high schooler with this much upside and these types of tools since Byron Buxton. And I know Buxton's career hasn't really gone according to plan, but just remember what everyone loved about Byron Buxton when he was a prospect and when he was getting 60 and 70 grades across the board. That's what Elijah Green is getting right now. This guy is super, super exciting. A right-handed batter with a ton of bat speed. Very, very cl- good-looking swing. Very quick, quick hands, strong hips, good rotation in the swing. Really strong and athletic frame throughout. Well. Like this is a guy that you know you don't see these types of you know s- strength and athleticism very often. But you know he's probably right now. If you know the twenty-two twenty-two yeah twenty twenty-two draft, excuse me, was held today. He he's number one. He's the dude right there. You know potential for you know double plus raw power plus double plus speed he already has shown the potential for a plus hit tool as well. Like this type of power speed guys, like a lot of times you see these power speed guys and there's like, all right, if the hit tool comes along, like you'll see that, you know, with a couple other guys we're about to talk about, you know, Elijah green has already shown a very good hit tool for his age. You know, So you've really got to dream on what this guy is capable of. He's already producing, you know, illustrious exit velocities for his age. He can drive the ball with authority to all fields. So like, there's not a lot of weaknesses in his game, and he's only 16. Like, this is ridiculous that he is already, you know, this good across the board. He's good defensively, too. He's a strong arm, good defensively in the outfield. So, this guy is really the whole package. Whoever gets the number one draft pick in 2022 is going to get themselves a freaking stud. Now, this could be a 330-30 type. You know, I could just gush all day about Elijah Green. You know, I'm more excited about him now than I was about Jared Kalenick coming into the 2018 draft. That should freaking tell you something right there. I'm more excited about Green at this current point than I was at Kalenick when he was still, you know, in, in high school or going into the draft. And Green still has another year and a half to go before before he's drafted. So, if somehow you can work it so you get a a chance to get him in your first year player draft down the road, definitely do so because this guy's going to be an absolute stud. Obviously, many years off, but. You know, this is one that can really, really put up some monster seasons and, you know, be a guy you're drafting early on in fantasy drafts, you know, five, six years down the road. So love Elijah Green, super high upside.
1: So we had the guy who we think will be number one FYPD guy in 2022. And here is our number one guy for the 2021 FYPD. And that is Judd Fabian. Another guy who I just saw a video of. Earlier this week in a scrimmage, Florida was having their uh, orange versus blue game, and he smacked this ball over 440 feet, they said. came off the bat at, with a 116-mile-an-hour exit velocity. You know how many people Ooh. had an uh, exit v of 116 this past season? I think just, just like
0: six. Yeah, was a, most six. of the probably on the Yankees, like Stanton, Judge. I think maybe Lou Bob had one around there.
1: Six players had that kind of exit velocity, and obviously – they're they're playing with metal bats, which is different, but still like he's got that crazy power. But really, I don't think any one tool stands out above the other. Like he's just like above average all across the board. He's got a great hit tool right now, probably like a fifty-five grade hit. That's gonna, I mean, that's gonna play at the next level. It's played throughout college at the highest level at Florida. He's got a, a smooth swing, gets the bat through the zone well. Pretty solid leg kick there. The power looks like a guy that can hit 25 to 30 bombs. Um, Again, you hit the ball as hard as he's reportedly done, then dang, that's just impressive. But uh, he well-rounded even more. We're looking at a guy who can run as well. I mean, he's got great clock times, 55 grade runner, arguably to like a 10 to 15 steal type guy, I think as well. And he, he plays great in the field. Great arm. He's like the legitimate five tool player, which is quite impressive. Across the board, Fabian is just legit. I think he has an argument to go number one. I'm not sure if he will in the actual draft, but I think he's definitely should be in first year player drafts, the number one pick as of right now. A lot can change. Like we know, we're months out from the draft, but Fabian is legit. The power's legit. The speed's legit. The hit tool's legit. And he's already playing at the highest level of competition, which is exciting. So he's a guy that I'm stoked about for this coming draft class and a guy that we should definitely be watching for in college ball in the spring.
0: Absolutely. Love Judd Fabian. He's my number one uh, for 2021 first year player drafts. love the all-around upside of him. And now we go to a 2020 draftee in my boy, Zach Veen here at number seven. Uh, I, I can't rave enough about Zach Veen, especially offensively hit tool and power. You know, you're looking at best case scenario. We're looking at plus hit, double plus power with Zach Thien. And put that at Coors Field. My word. Like, this is a a guy that could hit close to 300, you know, and it's funny. People always talk about how Coors Field elevates power. Coors Field actually has been known to elevate, you know, players' batting average even more so than their power. So, you know, you're looking at a guy, you know, that could hit 300 plus with 35 plus home runs at – Coors Field with that being his home ballpark for 81 games a year. You know, obviously we're dreaming about the upside, as I mentioned, but, you know, with Veen, you've heard the Bellinger comps. They're very legit, you know, beautiful left-handed swing, a ton of natural loft, very quick through the zone, very direct to the ball as well, a pretty mechanically sound swing. You know, very, very strong through his hips and lower half. Gets great torque and rotation in his swing from those strong hips. Uh, you just gotta love it. it. Really drives the ball, especially to his pole side, but he can use the entire field as well. Um, adds a little bit of speed too. He's never gonna be a burner by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, kind of like with Bellinger and Soto and these types where you know they have enough speed and athleticism to you know get around like ten to fifteen steals a year. I think Veen can be one of those guys. You know, obviously people are gonna knock. You know, always with the Rockies, they're gonna block him. He'll debut in like twenty thirty four or something ridiculous. But don't worry about that right now. Just don't. You know, he's still three, four years away. Plenty of things can happen. Spots can open up. You know, they their outfield as of right now isn't like totally locked in. So, you know, who and who knows what that outfit looks like in a few years, you know, Blackman will probably be gone. Who knows? So definitely a potential for him to slot in that outfield and be a got hits in the middle of the order, bunch of power, good average, good OBP, and gets you a little bit of speed as well. So He's rolled the entire package, and one I'm super excited about going forward more than maybe even more than I could see him winding up as a better fantasy asset than Torkelson. I just because he can add a little bit of speed as well. I'm not saying he's be better than Torque, but if you're going to bet on anybody to be better than Torque from this 2020 draft class, it would be Zach Vein.
1: Yeah, I love Vein as well. This exciting pick, and like you mentioned. Who knows if the Rockies front office will even be the same by then. Right. They could chain, turn over everybody, which would be ideal for the younger guys. Garrett Hampson it's might be like playing. I, this Hampson is like co-GMs, co- <laughs> you know, cross and clay. Let's <laughs> do it. So, sounds good to me. I think we could run that organization pretty well, man. Yeah. You got a lot of talent there. I like it. So let's flip on over to our next guy. This is probably the most hyped international prospect in some time. He got the nickname the Martian at 16 years old. And when you're getting a nickname like that, that age, you're obviously pretty special. Jason Dominguez, man, he is a stud across the board, potential five tool guy, which I've kind of pulled back on a little bit, because if you just look at him, how he's beefed up, he just looks like a linebacker could even be a defensive lineman. So he was originally graded as like a plus potential double plus runner. I'm not really sure. That's, if that's still in the cards, because I just can't see that man that big moving like that. I really want to see him actually in game action and see, like get some clock times on him because like he was a guy we were throwing like 30, 30 potential on when he came, when he signed. But now I don't know if that's in the cards, obviously the power's there for him to be like a 30, 35 home run guy. The hit tool is legit. I think he could hit 300 in quite a few seasons. Like, Probably not. I'm not going to say he's a 300 career hitter, but I could see him fluctuating between 280 and 300 depending on the year. He's like that talented of a hit tool. Again, I don't know where to project the speed right now. That's so hard to do with with what we haven't seen other than his body. (laughs) And with that body, I think it's going to be hard to steal a ton of bases. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see him in the spring hopefully get some clock times on, see how he runs, and maybe we can go around to that, but Man, the the comps to Trout, man, they were crazy how hyped he was. Interesting, those are lofty comps. We'll see how he develops, but he's definitely got the upside to be the number one fantasy um, prospect, in my opinion. So we'll just see how he develops and how his body develops also because it's crazy how beefed up he really was. So Dominguez is exciting. I think we've got him at number six overall. Let's go to number five, another very exciting guy.
0: Yeah, I want to see how that speed plays with Dominguez, but yeah, he's probably the most hyped up international guy I can remember. Like, I don't think like Wander Franco didn't even have this much excitement. It, it kind of developed over his first year in the states, but the, the amount of hype around Dominguez before he's even taken his first professional swing is ridiculous. You see all the all the videos of him just hitting tanks and looking like a tank as well. Um, I'm gonna sure start calling him Tank, you know, Martian. You know, that's a great nickname, but you know, we think of a new nickname that just shows off how freaking buff that dude is. But, yeah, moving on into the top five now, there's a guy I wrote an article on earlier this offseason. That's C.J. Abrams, shortstop from the Padres. You know, if you want to get him in, in Dynasty League's good luck, he already has that Padres tax, how he debuted. in the uh, uh, Mostly in the Arizona League in a couple games, end of the year, in the single-A Midwest League as well um, during that playoff run. But overall, slash 393, 436, 647. Thirteen doubles, eight triples, three dingers, and fifteen steals in thirty-four games total with one hundred and sixty-five plate appearances. Did get caught six times as well, but you know this is a legit forty-steal threat in the making, uh, and a guy that the hit the hit tool is borderline plus as well. You, know, you always saw it. You know the tools were there. People were excited about him in the draft. He was taken sixth overall by the Padres in twenty nineteen, and then to come out with this type of debut. That really vaulted him up list where he's, you know, for most fantasy focused lists, he's in everyone's top 10 now. He's in my top 10 at number seven overall. Gotta love these all round tools. I said the hit tool and the speed are what's gonna get him, you know, a lot of his value, but, you know, there's more power production there as well. And he's 6'2, 185. He's pretty solid frame. Uh, I think he adds a little bit of bulk. He's already shown that he can hit, he can score the ball all over the field. So uh, I think once he just gets that launch angle up a little bit, starts driving the ball in the air more consistently. I think he can be like a mid to upper teens home run guy at peak. Like I really think he has that type of uh, potential. I don't think he ever gets above 20. I think that 15 to 19 range is probably where he is at peak, but you know, add that in to, you know, looking 290 to 310 average. I think he really has that type of hit tool, those types of contact skills, you know, and then 35 to 40 steals like, you know, kind of what Trey Turner was before he started hitting for more power recently. We got early career Trey Turner, I think, is you know what we're banking on here—the you know the overall like best case scenario. And obviously, you know, very very rare that these guys make it to that. You know, that's like a ninety fifth percentile outcome. But even you know, scale that back a little bit. Maybe he's a two eighty guy, thirty steals, ten home runs. That's still very very good for fantasy purposes from shortstop, but probably doesn't remain there. That's the the thing with him. Obviously, they got some dude named Fernando Tatis Jr. at shortstop who isn't moving anywhere anytime soon. So maybe second base or outfield is probably his likely spots. But even that second base, you know, this this is a profile place anywhere. So very, very exciting. Ton of speed. You got to love the average, the speed, and any additional power he develops, which he should develop. You know, this is going to be icing on the cake. So love C.J. Abrams here. Uh, he's a guy I'm trying to get everywhere in dynasty leagues. He's going to be an absolute fantasy stud.
1: Yep, that is a great pick as well, man. Love Abrams. I like the Trey Turner being a high end outcome, obviously, but similar, I think, um, approach there. Could see obviously the steel, solid hit tool. And the next guy that's number four on our list is a guy that I think was highly debated last year with in FYPD drafts with CJ Abrams, another shortstop. This guy selected second overall in the 2019 draft by the Kansas City Royals. And that's Bobby Witt Jr. A lot of people soured on him. Again, he had a, a not great pro debut last year in rookie ball. He hit 262, 317 OBP, and only a 354 slug. Hit one home run. Stole nine bases, which was encouraging. Obviously, that was just 37 games. So to see him steal uh, nine bags was was pretty solid. But some people saw that and were like, well, he doesn't have the power that – we really thought he would. This dude's got the power. He's got potential plus power. There's no questioning that. He's got like 27 to 30 home run pop in the in the cards when he develops. I mean, the speed's there for him to potentially steal 20 bags. I mean, looking at a guy right now who's above average hit tool, potential plus power, potential plus run, and he's an elite fielder also. He's got a, a plus arm, plus field. Again, five-tool type of guy. Love, love, love Bobby Witt Jr. I think this year you're going to really see him develop. And the word is that he's been actually getting some reps in center field that the Royals want to get him in the lineup like ASAP. They said that he was good enough in instructs to be on the major league team right now. That'll be interesting. We've got him listed on this list for 2023. I have a hard time. We debated. We went back and forth whether we should include him or not. Were those rumors true? We don't know. I mean, he's only 20 years old. I have a hard time imagining they push him when they're not really contenders yet. Like, I could see them contending in several years, but but not in 2021. But there are rumors floating that he could be on the opening day roster, which is just nuts. But, again, watch for him in the spring. If he's looking as good as they say, I mean, you're not going to want to miss out on him, especially if he is – debuting this year, which is to me just still crazy. But that's where the talk's been around camp. So we'll see how all that shakes out. But but Witt's a very solid player across the board. I wouldn't concern yourself as much with his numbers in 2019. Just trust the skills. He's got the skills all across the board. And I think they continue to develop. He's got the pedigree of a MLB player, and he's going to be a great one at that. And the Royals team, again, as these young guys keep coming up and developing – very excited about that. Very excited about Bobby Witt. So watch out. Keep an eye- keep your ears open. <laughs> if he debuts in 2021, then this will obviously he'll come off our list for 2023. But it could be very <laughs> exciting for sure.
0: Yeah, know he was one of the harder ones to decide if we should include him or not. You know, I don't think he debuts in 2021. But then again, Kansas City has done this. Like I, I believe when they had uh, Mondesi debut in the World Series, I don't think he had played above like Low A or something like that. So. While it is kind of crazy to think about, he could like I wouldn't be a hundred percent surprised if he debuted in twenty twenty one, but you know we'll see. But in fact, he's already made strides with the hit tool and his approach, which were kind of the knocks on him uh, coming into the draft. It is very encouraging. He's a very smart player, so I'm really banking on him to continue those uh, making those adjustments and and those continuing those uh, the hit tool improvements moving forward. Here, now at number three was the one I actually personally ranked at number one overall. But Chris had him a few spots lower, so we you know kind of evened out here at number three. And that is my boy from Seattle, Noel V. Marte. No one should be really shocked by this. You know, I love me some Noel V. Marte. And in my corresponding article, it was super, super tough picking between him and another guy that Chris will talk about here. Or actually, I'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but I ended up going with Marte because this is a legit 30-30 player in the making. Double plus raw power, plus or better speed. You know, that this screams, you know, future fantasy stud right there. And like with Wit, the hit tool is, has been in question. The contact skill has been in question. The approach has been questioned. Pitcher recognition. but you know, already has shown a little bit of strides there. And this is gonna really that's what it's gonna be up to. You know, if he can continue making those gains at the plate, you know, cutting down on the strikeouts, putting the ball in play consistently. know, he had a, per, a very solid debut um, in, in the Dominican Summer League, which kind of quieted some of those concerns, but still plenty to be worked on there. But you know, he's heading in the right direction there. He's got so much bat speed and raw power. Uh, he, he had an absolute shot the other – or a couple of weeks ago. Um, that was all over Twitter. <clears throat> all over Twitter. I think it was 106 exit velo, And he, he's been consistently you know, producing those exit VLOs um, at, at camp and not the alternate site and that instructs. So he is one that really, really, really could be a, you know, early round fantasy selection down the road. That's probably not gonna be a shortstop though. Unfortunately below average defender makes it you know the footwork. Isn't great. The glove isn't great, you know, and we'll see how the body develops, whether he moves over to third, that's an option. I think that's, probably where everyone thinks he will as the, as the frame fills out you know there's maybe a little bit of outfield here probably more in a corner than in center um, those are probably the two likeliest outcomes It's kind of like left field or or third base but it doesn't matter like th- this power speed profile is arguably one of the arguably the best power speed profile in the minor leagues today and like I said legit 30 30 aspirations here with Marte and if that hit tool continues to develop as it already has Watch out! If he can just hit 270 to 280, to go along with that power speed, you know he's going to be an absolute stud. Um, so yeah, he's the one I ranked the number one overall, but comes in at number
1: three overall here on our consensus. Yeah, so I had him fifth overall, but I love him. This top five is just very talented. I know, it's so hard to rank, <laughs> right? It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Which again, this our number two overall was extremely hard to rank as well, and that's Christian Robinson uh, with the Arizona Diamondbacks who might be the toolsiest guy like of any prospect we've talked about. I mean, there's just tools you can dream on all day. Like you're looking at a guy with potential double plus power who also is a plus runner. The hit tool was the biggest question mark. He strikes out a lot, man. He's got a lot of swing and miss in his game. It'll be interesting to see the development here because there's no doubt based on his tools. Like he could easily be number one, love some Christian Robinson, The potential's there for him to be like a 270 hitter if all develops right. Maybe a little lower. I mean, probably get to average, so maybe like 260, 270 with the hit. But then you're looking at the the power that could be 30-plus home runs. The speed, I do think the speed tapers off. Like, we grade him at plus right now. But the speed could taper off to probably still above average. Like, he's still going to be a great runner. Very, very athletic, which I love. Looking at 15 steals a year, probably – that elite power speed combo just sells me so much. Like he's just a stud in the making all again, all the top five just have tools for days. Like Robinson may have the best tools of any of them, in my opinion, which will be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But Christian Robinson comes in at number two and then I'll take us down to our final player of the night. Number one overall, which the guy I think we both really love and that is drum roll.
0: Marco Luciano. I think I don't think anybody's really surprised by him being number one. I think that's most people's number one. Like I put up that tweet from our account earlier. Like, who's your, who's your number one once the you know the big three of Wander, Klenick, and Julio graduate? And I think half the answers were Luciano. So no surprise here. He earns this top spot for our our you know future twenty twenty three top twenty five here. Potential. You know, he might have the best hit. Power combination in the minor leagues. Now another one that can rival is, is Spencer Torkelson, but Luciano is projects as a plus hit tool, double plus raw power. You know he is just he just oozes oozes upside out of that bat. You know it, illustrious exit velocities, the bat speed is ridiculous. Quick hands, strong frame, everything about his swing is quick, but very in sync though. You know all the moving parts are in sync. Very very balanced at the plate doesn't get fooled very often. Had a great great debut uh, in the Arizona League last year. Really tore up that league, you know, hitting for power, even you know stealing a, a bit of bases as well. Even though he got caught a lot as well, but you know speed's never going to be a huge part of his game. You know that's kind of why I gave the slight nod to Novi Marte, which is no knock at all to Marco Luciano, but you know it was hard. Like I went back and forth so so much on my number one personally. I um, ended up putting Luciano at two, obviously, but you know you're looking at a guy that could hit right around 300. You know, 280, 290, 300. You know, maybe even a little bit more than that. You know, I, I want maybe in 310 at best case scenario, but a guy that's gonna hit for a very high average and not doesn't strike out much at all. 35 plus homer pop as he keeps filling out. You know, 10. To, he's another guy that I think will be around like 15 steals or so. He's a slot right in the middle of that order, and that could be a pretty good San Francisco lineup down the road. Like, like I mentioned earlier when I was talking about Luis Matos, a lot of their top prospects are on the offensive side of the ball with Luciano, with Joey Barr, Hunter Bishop, Heliot Ramos, Luis Matos, Alexander Canario, you know, Toribia. A lot of these guys are, you know, if they get a few of those guys to, to hit, the to stick, and this could be very, very good. Know, under the radar lineup for San Fran in a few years. And maybe they add some pieces to that through free agency or trade. We'll see. But I think Luciano, you'll hit right in the middle of that lineup, right around Joey Bart, you're going to be, you know, five category, you know, monster, especially in four of the five with still adding some pretty good speed in there as well. Um, but yeah, Luciano is the dude right now, one of the, you know, most buzzy prospects in the minor leagues and uh, expect that to stop anytime soon. So uh, he takes our number one spot here. And again, just a quick recap 25 to 1. Uh, we had a tie at 25 with Nick Biscoe and Tamar Johnson. Then we had tw- uh, 24 Robert Poisson, Pete Curl Armstrong, Jack Leiter, Hedbert Perez, Austin Hendrick at 20. Then 19 through 11 was Jordan Lawler, George Valera, Luis Matos, Alec Thomas, Kumar Rocker, Oroves Martinez, Mika Bell, Eric Pena, Corbin Carroll. Top 10 Jordan Groshans, Elijah Green. Judd Fabian, Zach Veen, Jason Dominguez, C.J. Abrams, Bobby Witt Jr., Noelvi Marte, Christian Robinson, and Marco Luciano. Man, Chris, that was a freaking blast. Um, I, I would love to do 25 more, but you know we'll keep it to 25 here. Maybe we do another one in the future. There's a lot of stuff we can do on this podcast, so this was a ton of fun. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Now, follow us on Twitter. I'm at EricRoss04. Chris is at rotocleg. And our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. We'll be back again same time next week with some more prospecting goodness for you. So make sure to tune in then. But until then, take care.